You are welcome to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Ronya Mann. She's an actress, acting coach, director, and producer. Since moving to Nigeria in 2015, she has been very active on the theater scene and has also featured in Nollywood films such as Omogeto de Saga and Rattlesnake. We talk about transcending typecasts, the importance of actors being self-aware, and her career as an acting coach. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Ronya. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Great to be here. All right. Um, can you introduce yourself? Um, <laughs> um, so my name is Ronya Mann. A lot of people... A lot of people are confused by my name. Man is my surname. Yes, okay. I have a very short name. Ronya yeah. Man. <laughs> Ron- Ronya uh, means in Yoruba, Oluwa Doyesi. That's my Yoruba name. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been work. I've been living and working in Nigeria since twenty end of twenty fifteen. Okay. Beginning of twenty sixteen. And. Uh, I came here with a lot of experience in theater and a little bit in film. And so I'm a theater trained actress and director. Um, and then I came here, when, after coming here and learning about Nollywood, I went to film school in Metfilm, Berlin. And so came back with uh, more knowledge of film and started working here um, in Nollywood, uh, and so I can say that I'm an acting coach, uh, well, an actress, an acting coach, a director, and producer. That's that's basically my experience. Okay, um, yeah, nice to have you. So, um, how how did you get started in the film industry? So, um, I came when I came here. Like I said, I first worked in theater. Um, because that was my background, mainly. I, I worked in theater for over a decade in Israel before coming here. Yeah. And um, I directed a play and I, I gave master classes um, in acting every three, four months um, and uh, got to know a lot of actors. And then uh, I started working with House 5 Productions on African Magic and Iroko TV films as an assistant director. Okay. That was great, yeah. And also an acting coach. And that was a great experience because it really immersed me in the industry, in the culture, in the language, the local language of Pigeon English, also local stories. Um, I quickly learned a lot about, um, you know, the, the relationships here and and like just the culture yeah. even before that when i was working with span studying performing arts i had to very quickly learn about the 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 way of life here, you know area boys market women uh, um we were writing I, I was co-writing the play yeah so Within a month, I had so much information given to me. It was amazing. It was just, I was blessed to to have that experience. And then, of course, 
also went online and researched a lot about the history of this country and yeah, I really wanted to, to get to know it um, in and out. And I think that really helped me throughout my career here as well. Um, so, yeah, and then from House 5, I, I went on to do some casting work and, and and a lot of acting work as well. Yeah. Okay. All right, so, um, you know, you have um, featured in... Omogata, the saga, Rattlesnake, and some other films. Like, what do you love about um, the kind of stories told in Nigeria? Because I guess every country has like something special, unique to them. What are your thoughts about stories that are currently being told in Nigeria? Well, um, I think the beautiful thing about filmmaking and storytelling is that essentially humanity we're all driven by the same emotions and the same stories. Um, you know, a story goes viral when it touches everyone. So the pains, the wants are similar across the world. And that's what, you know, makes, well, that's what helps me anyway relate to a lot of the stories that are told here as well. Um, but like you say, there are differences. In, in culture because the way we address certain pains or certain wants in every culture may differ. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me it's it's um, I just I just take it as it is, you know, I just I think we're all we're all human beings and I just look at a story and and, and I feel for that character. That's that's how it touches me. Yeah. What drew you to acting, really? Like, how did you end up, you know, starting, you know, your work, like, doing stage and then transitioning? Like, what really drew you to acting? I've been wanting to act since I was a teenager. I mean, I used to watch tons of TV series and um, and just wanting to be like that. And then after my university years, um, I met an acting teacher. He was, he was my neighbor. Yeah. And he said, come into my class. And that was it. I was hooked. Um, he took me under his wing. He turned me into, like, he, he, he groomed me to be his successor. So um, within two, three years, I was already directing under his wing. And then just started directing on my own and, and teaching. Um, yeah, it's just been my passion forever ever huh. and ever I mean I, I did it in, in high school as well yeah I did acting in high school I remember we did um, a play uh, waiting for Godot it's a classical English play I did not understand it at all especially yeah. since I'm not Christian I'm Jewish um, and this one is like a surreal this was a surreal play about God and all that it took me a long time to, to understand it yeah but I think that yeah it's it's and it's also my passion for literature. I've been writing stories since I was a kid. So everything you know, together. Okay. All right, so you, you mentioned that um, you're, you're, you're a casting director. Um, what's, what does a casting director do? Well, I did casting. I do casting. I wouldn't say I'm a casting director because I don't, it's not my main core thing. Yeah. But I have learned a lot 
and I've spoken to, to a few casting directors, and so I've learned a lot about the way they think and they, what they look for and how they um, work. And I can safely say, and obviously, being a casting director, you know, since you said our audience is from across the continents of the U.S., the U.K., and Nigeria, yeah. I must say that casting directors work differently in different areas of the world. Yeah. And, you know, the U.S. and U.K. are more systematic uh, in, in some ways. Uh, and then Nigerians have their challenges in some other ways. So it's like, it, it's, it can differ. But I think it's safe to say that all of them always look for the, they always want to find the right actor for whatever image the director has in mind. Yeah. Um, and they always like to give the benefit of the doubt to you, to you as the actor. Huh. So, um, so they're looking for an actor that is neutral like come as you are don't come as somebody else yeah come as you are if you fit great if you don't it's all right you may be fitted for something else that you know they haven't been looked looking at at the moment but if you're good they'll note you down yeah and then if you come again and you're good again they'll note it down and after a while they'll find the character that is right for you yeah so don't try to be somebody else that's one thing that nobody likes and always try to they, they, they always look for a person that they feel confident they can work with yeah in terms of working relationships in terms of credibility and reliability responsibility you know not coming late not talking back not uh, being irrespective of of, um, of production needs and and other people's uh, time and, and challenges or whatever so you have to be very sensitive to everything that's happening around you as an actor yeah and I think that's what's that's something that casting directors are always looking for you know so you know you always in, a, in a, an audition they would tell you, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. There's two. There's two reasons they and a lot of actors get off, you know, are caught off guard, doing that, and they answer the stupidest questions, and I've seen it happen. Yeah. It's like an actor would come for an audition and say, "Well, I I don't really have much experience in acting. Why are you telling me this? Don't uh -huh. tell me that. I'm not saying." I'm not saying cover it up and pretend, I'll, you know, make up a whole story about something that you haven't done. But obviously, that would be the first thing you say. Yeah. What you would say maybe is, um, you know, what you're passionate about or how old you are or put the focus on other things. What are your strengths? Um, I know languages or I can do accents or... Uh, my brother is a, is a, you know, my brother and I have been doing skits or something that will catch the attention of the, director, the casting director. Now, the other thing is they want to hear your voice, just the tone of your voice to see if it fits into, you know, if it fits into whatever they have in mind. Yeah. Um, and they want to know if you're a pleasant person, you know, if you smile, if you say hello, if you're courteous. Yeah. And always, I think you should always come with a, an updated headshot of yourself, not something from four years back when your hair was a different color or a different length and 
you know, and now you're wearing makeup and in the picture you didn't or vice versa, whatever. Put your eyes, eye contact and come in, like, looking different, you know? Yeah. Just come before. So, like, um, with headshot, for example, let's say you're looking to do more films in a particular genre. Is that a way your headshot should be or it should just be basically as simple as it is a headshot? So, again, it depends on where you're going. Um, some casting directors will tell you, come dressed as the character. You know, assuming you got a character Bible, which a lot of times you don't, it depends on what stage in your acting career you are at. Yeah. But if you did get any sides beforehand, um, or some kind of a description of the character, try and come dressed as the character. Uh, just a little bit, not a full, but something that would symbolize what the character is all about. Yeah. So for example, um, and, and in your headshots, to your question, um, maybe bring two types of headshots. One that is the neutral you, and one that is a certain more comic or more dramatic picture, depending on, again, what you're looking to, what kind of roles you're looking to get. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also like saying, you know, when you're auditioning for, for an acting school, they always tell you come with a dramatic monologue and a comic monologue because they want to see two colors of you and those are the most drastic colors that you could bring, right? Yeah. Same for headshots. Um, I can give you an example of a live audition because, you know, lately we mostly do tape auditions. Yeah. But a live audition I went to um, recently and I was given some kind of a, information about the character, mainly that she was a, a journalist. Yeah. Uh, in a war zone, and so I realized. So I researched a little bit about war, war journalists, and I decided that this character for me is is a bit rough. Yeah. Of you know what she would have to go through, and so I came dressed quite sporty, quite um, very simple clothes. And and then I was told you have to smoke for the character. Yeah. I was told this during the audition. So during the audition, I had to pick up a smoke. I haven't smoked in fifteen years. Yeah. I haven't smoked fifteen years. It was quite gross. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning. Yeah. But you had to do it. You know, I just had to do it. And so, um, yeah, that was an experience. But it, but it, but it, 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 it's, it worked. It worked for me. You know, like the whole attitude I came with, that rough attitude and the clothing and everything, it worked. Not to mention that afterwards, working on the monologue and everything, uh. <laughs> I kind of became addicted to the smoking. It took me a few months to, to um, quit. Give it away again. Yeah. Okay, so like, um, I mean, you've you've been in some um, audition rooms, and um, you know, different different casting directors, different producers, directors, they have devised, let's say, like exercises or things that they do to, you know, help them 
kind of recognize talent? Is there like a method or an exercise that you always try to give actors to, you know, help you, um, you know, find um, really promising actors? There, there is something that I think um, sometimes actors miss on. This energy. Yeah. So I just remember like when a lot, sometimes when I get casting calls, mostly for white actors at the moment, but even for um, Nigerian actors, because I coach a lot of actors, even though I know a lot of young talents. Yeah. And so um, sometimes they will ask a certain accent, but I would always ask, you know, what is the storyline? And then I would match it up to the energy of that person. So like I said, you come to an audition, your energy is there. But sometimes the character needs a certain energy you would have to maybe push through. Uh-huh. Sometimes it would need a more subtle energy. You have to contain yourself a little bit more. Yeah. So that energy is something very delicate that an actor needs to be aware of. I think as an actor, it would be great to work on knowing yourself yeah. very well. Knowing yourself, knowing how you project yourself, knowing how you come across to people. Um, yeah. Ask your friends and family, what kind of energy do I give off? Is it a calm one? Is it a lively one? Is it, you know, is it a funny one? Is it a serious one? We're people, so and it can change. You know, one day yeah. I wake up and I'm all giggly and all that, and the other day I wake up and I'm all like, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's different. And sometimes in an audition, we would have to bring on an energy that we did not wake up with this morning. Uh-huh. That's what fits the character. Not just in an audition, even on, on, a, on a daily job, on set, you know, or on stage, on set. Um, and I think that's the, the most challenging thing an actor faces is, is that drive that we have to keep having within themselves, even after countless no's or countless, you know, failures uh, in a way, yeah, you have to keep driving yourself. I think I lost you on that question. <laughs> what was the question again? I think it was basically if there's any exercise that you kind of use during auditions to, um, you know, find like, you know, separate like people that are talented from the lot. To, to separate the talented from the lot, it's something that you see. I mean, you can see. Yeah. You give them any text to read and they get it, you know? So forget how I differentiate talented from the lot. If you want to be successful, as an actor, mm. you have to get it. When I say get it, I mean pick up a script and understand the intonation, the meaning. What is this character after? And this is something that can come with practice. You just practice script after script after script. I keep telling my students, pick up a script and start reading. And, and don't don't come with your own written monologues. That's not acting. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Nigerian actors do that a lot. I don't know why. They come to an audition, 
and you're giving me a monologue about, you know, your boy, break up with your boyfriend. And I'm like, great, where's that from? Oh, I wrote it myself. That's not acting. I'm sorry. That's you pouring your heart at me yeah. on, my, on my time. I'm not your psychologist. You know? Yeah. Bring me a professional script and show me that you can tap into a real character. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned, um, you know, when casting, most um, filmmakers like to, you know, choose somebody that is, you know, um, easy to work with, that they come as they are, and then, you know, the director then gives gives um, directions and all that. You know, there's, there are situations where maybe you have to cast um, a certain actor because you want you want a recognizable face and then because of the kind of budget we work with in Nigeria, most productions can't really, you know, plan ahead of time. Let's say contact the actor one year or six months in advance and kind of book them, you know, so it ends up being that you're ready to make your film and then you reach out to the actor and then they are not available and then it might keep going on. You might end up on your fourth choice and the reality is that what that first person was going to give you um, is not what um, the fourth person is going to give you, but you know you have to make your film. If you have a deadline or a timeline to work with, you have to move on. What do you think? Like, how do you um, you know try to make things work, even though um, maybe the actor that you end up working with was not your original um, preference? Choice. Yeah. Um, I I have to say it doesn't happen a lot. Usually, on on, like you said, there's there's maybe two big types of productions. There's a low budget ones and a high budget ones. The high budget ones would normally time themselves around the actors that they want, and of course, there's always you can always replace one with another. There's always good actors to find, especially in Nigeria. There's so much talent. Um, but even when you go to the UK or the US, over one row, you get 6,000 people yeah. lined up for auditions. They all look the same, they all talk the same, they all, you know, it's simple. But um, yes, obviously, you have uh, your first choice, second choice, third choice. I think, um, are, are you asking me as a, as a as a director, or as a what kind of what kind of what kind of point of view do you want me to give you here? Um, so I think yeah, like kind of the general experience, probably as a director and um, uh, somebody with casting experience. So just your your unique um, point of view on that. Look, I'm always my my, my ultimate guideline is telling the story truthfully. Yeah. And the way to tell my story is through the characters and the relationships between them. Oh. The character does not live in the world. It lives together with other characters in the story. Yeah. Its personal experience is fed off of its relationships with the others. So my guideline would always be what is the relationship of this character and the other characters? And essentially, what is the chemistry between this actor and the other actors he has to play with? Yeah. And if that synergy can exist, I well, 
I, I, I've often found myself as an actress even doing exercises with my fellow actors to create that kind of relationship. Uh. Or even as a, as a assistant director, creating little situations between my actors to create that kind of relationship that um, I feel is needed for this scene. And if you can do that, and you have a genuine connecting emotion between the two characters, yeah. then you're good. So sometimes maybe you have to a little bit um, break out from your preliminary vision of a character yeah. and kind of look back at the whole story, the whole picture, uh. and then see how you feel. Yeah, currently, like in Hollywood, I would say um, there tends to be like um, a lot of typecasting. So, let's say you're looking for um, the femme fatale, you you have somebody in mind. You're looking for maybe the boss lady. You have somebody in mind. Um, how can actors, you know, um, develop themselves to an extent that, you know, they they um, can basically transform to a wide range of different actors. Like it happens in in Hollywood, but um, it doesn't happen much in um, Hollywood because, yeah, everybody has like you know the 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 production team just want to get somebody that they have seen in that particular role and you know use them. Like how can the actor um, present themselves in that way where they they are open to transformation and yeah they do it successfully remember what i said at the beginning that casting directors want you to fit the role they have in mind right yeah they come with the with the state of mind like yeah i want you to be the one that i'm looking for yeah well yeah if you're already the one that they're looking for it's easy for them it just makes their life easy and sometimes people even write certain roles with a person's face in mind. Writing it, this, this is the character I have in mind, this is the actor, sorry, the actor that I have in mind for this character. And so, it's sometimes um, not even in their interest to go and start looking for somebody else because you know, they already found the person. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that in Hollywood, some actors had to turn down roles because they felt like it will stereotype them if they keep taking the same role again and again. Yeah. Um, they would create projects for themselves in roles that they haven't been seen as yet in order to... They would go to theater in order to break away from their typecast. Because in theater, it's easier for them to start off as something else and then be seen. But then, Hollywood casting directors go and watch theater. I don't know if that's the case in Nigeria. Yeah. Well, they do now. Yes, they do now. Yes. <laughs> they do. Because I've had. I just, you know, I don't know if you know, but I just came off uh, the Terraculture um, production of Deputy Kids Horseman. Yeah. And we did have a lot of 
a lot of Nollywood people came and watched that one. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if they if they do the same in other theaters, uh, like like um, Austin concerts, productions, etc. Yeah. So um, I think that that's a good place, and I don't know if a lot of Nollywood actors go and do theater. Um, but I know that that's how it's done in the UK and US. Theater mm. is a major part of an actor's um, journey. Yeah. In acting. Also in Israel. Okay. Don't forget, I come from Israel, so I also have that industry to look at. Yeah. Israel, Israel is very big in theater and in cinema. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, before we continue, um, can you like tell us like three random facts about yourself that no, not many people know? Um, well, I love nature. I do um, horseback riding and off-road driving, like up in the Rocky Mountains and, and deserts and stuff. Very adventurous. Yeah. Um, I had a singing songwriting career as well before I came to Nigeria. Yeah. Apart from my theater career. Um and what else? Uh-huh. <laughs> um I don't know, very sporty, I guess. I don't know. It's just like yeah. I like to travel a lot. Yeah. And a bit to a lot of a lot of people think that oh yeah, Obogedo is when I started acting on Nollywood. No, yeah. I actually started in 2016 on a few TV shows and and small film TV films and stuff. So yeah. yeah, okay. You mentioned that like in in the US, the UK, um, theater is a big part of like you know act, the actor's career. Um, in Nigeria, not so much. Maybe it's um, starting to happen. No, there are. It's not that in it's. It's not in Nigeria. There's a big theater uh, uh, industry, and yeah. a lot of actors here do theater very, very well. Yeah. I'm just not sure that a lot of Nollywood actors also do theater. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you know, um, with theater, you have to your your stage or your audience are right there, and basically you have to do these very grand movements for them to get what you're doing. But with um, film, you're limited to the frame. So how can um, actors easily transition from theater to um, screen acting? Well, it's it's like it's like some, someone smart said it to, to me in a very concise way. In theater, you 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 take your energy outwards. Yeah. And in film, you take your energy inwards. The reactions are the same, the thought process is the same. But in theater everything is out. And in screen you have to contain it all. Yeah. And yeah, I guess um, the eyes are like a very powerful tool for you. Yeah. Yes, the eyes are a powerful tool of expression, both in theater and in film. But it's just that in theater, 
I would maybe add more head movements or, or hand movements. My energy would be up in my chest all the time. Yeah. You know? Whereas in film, I need a lot less energy. It would not be up in my chest, my upper chest. It would be like maybe my stomach. Yeah. The head wouldn't move. My eyes would only move a little bit. But then you also, you're only looking at a very specific point when you're on screen, when you're on camera. You're looking right next to the camera. Everything's yeah. happening right there. Whereas on stage, everything's happening all around you, you know? Yeah. A lot of Nollywood films um, tend to be about adults, but when you look at the population, we have a very young population. Um, there are not so many um, stories about young people, about children. For children that are interested in, you know, becoming actors, what are like some steps that you encourage them to take in order to like set up their career and, you know, grow, grow their acting capabilities? I, I, I don't think... I don't think there is not a lot of child actors. I think I I know quite a bit of chi children in, in Lagos that are actors and are very yeah. good. I can name five at the top, the top yeah. of my head right now. Okay. So let's think about it like this. Um, Nigeria is is has a population of two hundred million. Um, I mean, just compare like the availability of actors in Hollywood, like the wide range you can get, and compare that with Nigeria. First of all, it's when you start comparing with Hollywood, there are two things I would bear in mind. Hollywood has a system yeah. since the 30s of nurturing and grooming actors. Yeah. The studios would take in people, not necessarily talented, but they look the way they like them to look, and they would teach them how to act and put them in their films and do a whole marketing campaign around them, put a whole team around them to create an image for them that would fit what the studio wants. Yeah. And the studios would make money for them. So that was the, back in the 30s. And that has been the case up until 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And so um, up until today, children are being groomed from a very young age, five, six, seven to become Hollywood stars. And they keep going, they keep putting them in films and parents push their kids into auditions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So Hollywood understands that, or Hollywood, not understands, but Hollywood has created the uh, reality where talents should be discovered at a young age and groomed from a young age. And so they can use them whenever they want to. Now, in Nollywood, as you know, things are not as easy as that. You don't have big studios grooming you. Nobody's grooming you. You're just hustling for your own. Yeah. And yes, not every child and parent are brave enough and have the capability and access yeah. to do that. When you live in Bori or you live in... You know, even in Ibadan, if you're not in Lagos, in the heart of the industry, even in the, in the States, if you're not in New York or in LA, it's harder to have access to that 
kind of system. Yeah. So here, you come to Lagos, 20 million people live here, and you want to make it in, the, in Nollywood. I think it's easier, to be honest. There's less competition. There's much less competition. If you want to be a child actor, come to Lagos and your parents support you. Um, support you, not, not financially necessarily, but like they come with you and they do the they help you get to places. They they help you, you know, have have the, you know, they take you on the bus to the audition, or they help you make the phone calls, or they go with you and stand behind you and give you that um, mental support, emotional support. Yeah, you can do this uh, because it's scary. To be, you know, it's, it, even for an adult, it's scary. Not yeah. not not. Uh, you know, not to say for a child. So you can do it. And then you get to know producers. It's easier to know producers from Nollywood than it is in other countries. Yeah. Really. It's so easy. You go to film festivals, you go to people who say, I'm a child actor, they'll jump at you, they'll give you a chance. They want to see what you can bring to the table, they will give you a chance. Yeah. It's easier now, to be honest. Okay. I mean, so you, you went to um, acting school. How was that experience for you? Eye-opening. <laughs> okay, in what way? I think I told you, my, my acting teacher was... My acting teacher was a, was a very sensitive man. He, kind of like I'm saying about the producers, you know, they, he, gives every, he gave everybody a chance. Yeah. I was, I was a bit of a judgmental person. I come from parents who are very judgmental, very critical and strict, my parents, yeah. my house. Um, very strict. And suddenly I found this man who gives everybody a chance, who allows the, you to be who you are. Whatever you bring to the stage, it's fine. There's no rights or wrongs. There's no wrong answers. There's only different people, different attitudes, different thought process. Yeah. And then how to channel that into what is right for the story, what is right for this character, what is right for this exercise that we were doing. And so it was eye-opening experience for me. So I was so relieved to learn that the world is not just black and white, uh. not just right and wrong, there's just difference and, and, and everybody can learn. Yeah. See the smile on my face. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was a relief. It was a, it was discovery. I was, I was happy. I was so happy. What are some of the things that you did at acting school that, you know, have always stayed with you that you always try to do and remember when you're working on your projects? There were a few exercises of improvisation that I really loved that were so funny and created a great group atmosphere. I use them sometimes in my, in my classes, in my math classes. Yeah. Um, there were exercises that taught us to observe other people. Uh-huh that I found to be very strong and I use them till today. There were exercises that helped us observe ourselves as people. 
just observe yourself what triggers you what do you feel at this point and i think over time i learned even more to analyze that and i've been passing it on to my students yeah hmm. um there were exercises that just taught us to to break free from ourselves you know you know we all have our like i said i come from a straight home and a lot of us do and we have our walls that we built or, or our, our um, boundaries okay i have to follow it this way i have to do this thing this way yeah and so he gave us exercises that would actually allow you to break free and relax and just be open to everything that happens and let your mind just let it flow let yourself flow with whatever's happening around you yeah and that's something very important for an actor very very important for an actor if you want to embody it goes back to what you were asking me before how do i now break out from the typecasting and do something else that is not me yeah this is very important you have that exercise that helps you break loose from your preconceptions and, and the way you were brought up to be and your ongoing daily energy and just make, be a clean slate, like a, you know, a blank page today yeah. and start afresh. Remarkable performances um, rely on the actors really getting into the material, having their take on it. How do producers and directors like safeguard actors, you know, different things have happened in people's lives that can be triggering and also in situations where um, there's you know intimacy on screen how best can um, the production team approach these scenarios that's a very tricky question it's a very big question we can have a whole podcast just on that issue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, first yes well triggers and intimacy are very different things yeah first of all um, let's talk about triggers for, okay. for, for a minute. Yeah. I actually had that happen on set two years ago on, on, a, on a film that I was uh, co-producing for Stanley Aquarian. Yeah. And the actor, he wanted the actor to cry and it, it wasn't coming. Yeah. It wasn't coming. So I took him aside and I had a conversation with him. And together we found, it's called endowment. Yeah. Ivana Chubbuck talks about it a lot. She's a, she's a very known uh, Hollywood uh, acting coach, yeah. Ivana Chubbuck. She's, uh, yeah, she broke, she broke out like 10, 10 years back. Um, but uh, for me, I, I, so I kind of, I kind of take stuff that she does and stuff from Stanislavski's method and, and, and um, Stella Adler method, etc. And I put things together depending on what works for me in that situation, what works for the actor that I'm working with for that situation. Yeah. Um, so endowment is a very strong tool where you basically take a person from your life or an experience from your own life that gives you that emotion that you want to convey in this scene. And you would doubt on the character that you're talking to yeah. in this scene. Um, yes, there's a there's an there's actually an online YouTube video 
of the Stella Adler School, where she actually explains how it's being done. She explains it in her way. Yeah. So yeah, and then Ivana Chabot has her way of explaining it, and I, we all have our own ways, you know. It all depends on the person. Yeah. But it's basically taken from your life experience. Um, again, it's all different ways of saying the same thing. Stanislavski has said it; he was the first one to say it. It's all about using your personal experience to to, to trigger the emotion that you need to have at yeah. that moment. And I did it with that actor. It was very, very concise. It was very momentary. It was very powerful. And he was very much taken by it. Yeah. Um, and I think the the brilliance of a director is to know how to bring that about while protecting the actor. So you know that you're triggering an emotional past in this person's life. And you still want to keep your actor intact because you know that in the next scene, you may really not need that emotion. You need something else. You know, we don't shoot chronologically. Yeah. So make sure you take care of that actor. Make sure, and that goes back to um, an interview we had with Amazon and Efrif in November this this past year, um, and she was talking about she comes from uh, Amazon, uh, uh, the Department of uh, Diversity Content, Diversified Content, yeah. Diversity in Content, and she was saying how there was one TV show they were shooting, and it was so emotionally packed that they had a mental therapist on set mm. to to work with the actors ongoingly on what's happening to them throughout the series. Yeah. Because when you get into the characters that much, you know, you're bringing a lot from your own psychic. And so, yes, they had somebody on set 24-7 helping those actors go through that. Uh, I think that is something that Nollywood can very much learn from, um, not just Nollywood, a lot of other productions as well, learn from and benefit from, and uh, and actors can benefit from as well. Yes, and storytelling can benefit from it as well. Yeah. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.